Game time is in! Game time! This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. This is going to be a bonus episode of the show. I'm bringing back Bill Barnett. You guys might remember him from just a few episodes ago. Bill shared his story. If you guys haven't checked that out, it was a story of how he ended up playing, walking on to Alabama under Coach uh, Paul Bear Bryant, and he had some good stories that he shared with us throughout that, as well as some uh, pit crew stories and any pit crew story so make sure to check out that episode if you haven't yet um, i'm bringing him back on the show though super super popular episode got great feedback especially from the people who enjoy the history of football um, and we're going to be talking some more college football on this bonus episode of the show because hot topic right now bill yeah is the college football playoff so first things first we're going to talk about a potential expansion but i kind of want to get your thoughts just your overall thoughts just Overall, just in a nutshell, you don't have to go into detail yet on the current Mm -hmm. system and how it's set up for the college football playoff with the the four-team system compared to the BCS that we once had prior. Well, compared to the BCS, I think the playoff system is light years ahead of it. Um, There are some ways to be able to manipulate – the growth of this so that we take care of more people. I, I, there's been a lot of feedback this week about, um, oh, it's not fair to the Pac-12. or And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, this is sports. Fair is what's written in the rule book. This is not, uh, hey, everybody gets a participation trophy. And snowflakes like that make me like, you're, you, don't, you need to go play soccer, not football. Um, shots uh, fired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I look at that and just go, oh, man, no, 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 don't be doing that. And, hey, uh, congrats to the Buckeyes because no matter who you look at, either the Buckeyes or Bama were number one or two in the early recruiting. So uh, mm-hmm. you guys uh, hit another home run uh, recruiting-wise, and we'll see those guys uh, uh, here in, in no time at all. They'll be playing. and. Yeah, what a great game! Uh, I watched the uh, the championship game, and you know, dude, that sermon, what a running back! I was just sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, yeah, what a guy!" So, yeah, sermon, sermon definitely uh, took over, and that's the only thing I'll be completely honest as a Buckeyes fan that gives me somewhat of hope, if you will, any kind of hope going into this game. I don't have a lot. I mean, we're playing with house money; they're expected to lose to Clemson. Um, but establishing the running game was essential, especially with Justin Fields getting hurt. And uh, who knows if he'll be fully healthy. His throwing thumb is damaged. And so, yeah. and it showed um, even before, like, I mean, he was struggling before that, but especially after he couldn't hit wide open receivers to save his life. And uh, it was, it was definitely due to his throwing hand. So we'll see what happens. I thought Sermon put on one of the, I mean, obviously record breaking game, super exciting um, from that matter. But I, I want to, kind of touch base on the Buckeyes. As a Buckeyes fan, I, I host a network or I, I run a network out of Ohio. We talk about, you know, Ohio State, we're getting a lot of flack. It's unfortunate because the Big Ten kind of was 
I mean, you can say what you want, but the commissioner kind of put them in a bad spot. You know, they started the season yeah. late, yeah. not a lot of leeway when it came to the, the COVID restrictions and so forth. Uh, the same leeway that the SEC and the ACC had. I mean, if you start the season earlier and a game gets canceled, you have a little bit of leeway to postpone yeah. and do some stuff. But they didn't have a lot of leeway because they started so late. Hence the reason they, they canceled three games. They could never get in a rhythm. Um, plus, they only ended up playing five games. Big Ten changes their rule so that they could get into the Big Ten championship, which I do believe they should have been able to do anyways. But a lot of people are are frustrated, right? This year is a weird year. I'm hearing the a and fans. A&M fans are frustrated. Like, you guys only played five games, six games when you count the, the championship. You didn't even look that great in any of them. And I, I'm understanding because I'm like, if the roles were reversed, I think Ohio State fans would be furious. But it's 2020. It's an unprecedented season. You can't use former arguments for this year specifically. It's just it yeah. doesn't play. It doesn't come into play. But I do think it's going to be fun. Now, the question I have, though, and everyone's talking like, well, Notre Dame shouldn't be in it. So some people are mad at Ohio State. Some people are mad that Notre Dame gets in because they just got blown out by Clemson. So yeah. A&M's mad at both of them, right? And A&M sitting on the outside looking in, and they're like, well, we should be in. And Notre Dame is in that four spot. Here's my question, Bill. Everyone's saying this, if, if any year was to be the year to expand the playoff, because the goal is to get the top four teams in the country into the into the playoff. The yep. problem with that is, in my opinion, and maybe we can get your insight here first, is if you do that, there's years where I think there's a, a two-loss team or a one-loss team or whatever, not a conference champion, that arguably would be in the top four. They might have lost it at the wrong time of the season. Every year that seems to be like a timely loss that they take. So you have to take into consideration the regular season in some form or fashion. Um, Absolutely. And so it's hard because you're like, well, they didn't earn it. Well, that's not the point. The point is to get the top four teams. Well, then that you have to have some relevancy in the regular season. Like that has to be somewhat important. Otherwise, what's the point of playing? And so it is very difficult, in my opinion. That's why the expansion would be an a good idea however what do we see here because every year there is a blowout and there is always yeah. blowout. ohio state was um a victim to that once michigan state was a victim to that once i mean you you had oklahoma every i mean they they're the buffalo bills of the college football playoff is what i always say oklahoma comes in and they they can't figure it out every year it seems and so if we expand the playoff do you see that being a good thing or do you just see more blowouts coming uh well i think it would be more blowouts i i think that when you look at the current structure, and it doesn't matter if it's four, eight, 12. I mean, you look at, at college basketball. Uh, basically, in college basketball, if your team has a uniform, they're in. And so, yet you still have people that go, well, wait a minute, uh, our team didn't make it, and they're ranked 110th in the country, uh, and yet they didn't make it, and they got people upset. So I, I, I'm of that belief that no matter – what the number is, you're always going to have somebody, whoever's on the bubble and whoever misses the bubble, they're going to be upset with, no matter what the number is. Uh, I was more uh, upset with uh, Notre Dame than Ohio State. I, I thought uh, I didn't have any – I just didn't have any issues with Ohio State. I do wish that they had uh, been able to play more games. But I look at this current field and I go, there's three plus one. Uh, because I look at Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama and – I see them made up very similarly. Uh, I see them, you know, just uh, they've got dynamic quarterbacks. They got great running backs and great receivers, and they play good defense. Now, there's no great defense. Uh, I heard going into the Ohio State game that Northwestern plays great defense. There's no such thing as great defense, and that's a rules thing that'll catch up somewhere down the road. But right now, nobody plays great defense, and you can't win at the top elite level. Uh, if you're trying to play great defense, 
because there's too many guys like Justin Fields, like what we have uh, with Mac Jones uh, that are going out there and certainly guy like Clemson's quarterback where you've got that, that big three playmakers that are just – you can't cover all of them. Uh, you can't stop all of that. So I look at those three teams being – to me, they're on a par. I, I You know, I, I, a lot of my Bama fans would uh, roll their eyes at that. But I look at all three of those, and, and they're on a par to me. Uh, I think Notre Dame is a step down. Uh, we may get surprised. They may spank our bottom. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I looked at them, and, and when I watched that Clemson-Notre Dame game, the championship game, I looked at it and just went, you know what? Um, it really did say if the quarterback had been healthy that first game, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation because Notre Dame would be a two-loss team and be done. So that's really how the top four, I, how I looked at them. But I, I think those uh, one, two, and three slots are fully interchangeable. They are, uh, to me, they're extremely similar teams. It's going to come down to you know what quarterback is a little bit better, uh, maybe what D-back or quarterback is able to make one extra play, certainly turnovers, but uh, those three teams uh, are cut above. So uh, let's talk about expansion. When, uh, as we mentioned in the other episode, uh, Coach Gene Stallings, the uh, former Alabama uh, head coach who won a national championship with the Tide in 92, uh, a friend of mine and, and got me re-involved with the athletic department when he was there. And I just had some great, great times. Uh, with Coach Stallings and with Coach uh, Gerald Jack, who was the assistant AD there uh, at the time. And when the playoff system started being put together, had this conversation and I took uh, as good a notes as I possibly could because I thought it was a brilliant setup for a playoff. So this is about expanding, but not going to eight, going to six. And here's how the six would unfold. First of all, uh, according to Coach Stallings, and I agree with this, and, and I'm going to disclaimer this, I don't know if he thought of this totally or if someone else shared and he took it and ran with it. I don't know that. I give him credit for it because that's where I heard it, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. Okay. So is uh, one of the basis of this is we have too many schools in the FBS, when you look at, there are a lot of schools, and this was the comment that Coach, that, uh, Coach Stallings made. He said, you know, there are a ton of schools that are playing at the FBS level, and Alabama spends more on football than they spend in their entire athletic budget. And so his thought was, let's have a committee that sets a number, a budget number for football, whatever that number is, 50 million, 20 million, 100 million, 10 million, doesn't matter. They set a number, and we use that number to shrink the number of F SBS football teams down to 96. I think we're at 129 right now. So shrink it down to 96, and then everybody must play in a conference. That would give us six 16-team conferences. Each conference will have two divisions. Each conference will have a conference championship game. Then you end up with six conference champions that move forward into the playoffs and the committee decides the seating. And then you just uh, go through normal, uh, just like you would any tournament that's got six teams in it. You seed that way and off you go. 
I I've never heard that before. Uh, dropping the amount of teams in the FBS. That's actually the amount of schools in FBS. That is interesting. Um, super interesting. And just for the listeners out there, this is the first time I'm hearing this as well. So I'm learning from Bill the same way you guys are. So dropping them down and then and then forming those conferences, two divisions each. Now, how would you go about, you know, breaking up those conferences because you're still going to have like you have out of conference matchups or are they all interconference matchups? How does that all work in regards well, if you're to looking that? At, at 16 teams, you could easily end up with a 10 or 11 or 12 game in conference schedule. But if they're all, if you're all, you know, right now we have the power five. So if I'm, if Alabama is playing a, a non-conference game, but it's still a power five school, everybody goes, okay, that's cool. Well, in that scenario, if there's a power six, all the schools would be in the power six. So if you want to have a 10 game conference schedule and have two games from out of conference, yeah, it wouldn't matter who those other two were because they would be looked at from the same level of competition uh, as what as what we are. So um, I think there's a, a a way that you have um, a parity of opportunity, but not a, of talent. It's still going to boil down to uh, recruiting. It's still going to boil down to coaching, but it gives. Uh, right now, we have that group of five. Well, there's a ton of those teams. So, like, Southeastern Conference got 14 teams. We'd need to expand two teams. There's a, a ton of teams that you look at and you go, okay, well, they're over there in a group of five. Who wouldn't want Cincinnati? I mean, right. who wouldn't want that? Right now, with Hugh Freeze, who wouldn't want Liberty? Who wouldn't want Coastal Carolina? I I, I love that program, man. That's that's my number two team there. I, I just uh, that guy has just blown me out of the water with what he's achieved. But you start looking at, you know, there there are teams like that that fit, and then there are teams that you look at. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll I'll see a score, and they'll go, "This is an FBS school," and I'm like, "Huh? Yeah, where they come from?" Uh, you know, and how long have they been playing? You know, I still call them D1 guys. Yeah. So, you know, how long have they been uh, been playing at this level? And so that that budget requirement cuts the the people that are wannabes from the people that are and are serious. And and just like anything in work, it's a, there's a difference between I want to do something and I'm going to do it and I'm out doing it. Uh, and it cuts that, it draws that line in the sand and says, if you're serious about this top level of football, these are the resources that you've committed as a minimum. Uh, you can certainly spend more than that, but this is the minimum amount to be able to play at this level. Uh, and then uh, off we go. I, I think it's a fascinating uh, aspect. And would there be the likelihood you're going to have a two-loss conference championship? Guarantee you somewhere along the way that's going to happen with, in that format. But if everybody knows going in, it's only the conference champions, then what that does is it keeps that highlight on the regular season. Right. And it keeps the highlight on the conference championship. And then we can still have bowl games. In fact, uh, Gene was talking about you do the, uh, the bowls very similar to what we do right now uh, with the rotation of those top forks that we just expanded. So uh, they'd be able to add the Fiesta and they were able to add whatever instead of having them rotate around because they rotate around multiple bowls. Now that would be just uh, those games would hit each of those bowls a little bit sooner. You still have those other bowls that people could uh, participate in. So if they had a great season, uh, they'd be able to, to do that. And, and look, 
there's always going to be a team like Texas A&M that had a, a great year and didn't make the conference championship. And when I think what I like about the conference champions only when you have six is it takes that argument and that guesswork out of it, plain and simple. This is how you get there. If you make it, great. If you don't, uh, then look at where you fell down and, and go do better next year. And off, off you go. And everybody goes in cycles. So Totally. And, and what I'm really intrigued by is I'm, I'm coming up with questions in my head. Like, I'm a Boise State guy. I obviously went to Boise State, graduated from Boise State. So nice. naturally, naturally, I'm a, you know, Boise State dude. I've been grown, born and raised here in Boise. So that would be one of those programs. I would imagine, you know, just understanding the resources, though, and the, and the revenue and the, and the money they actually have compared to that of, like, an Ohio State, it's nine-day difference. They don't have the same resources. They don't have the same money. Uh, the same, they, they just don't, I mean, they've got a smaller stadium, smaller area. Yep. They're not, you know, their games aren't $190 tickets. They're 40. They still can't fill out a 36,000 seat stadium. So it's like, it's a little different. However, they are pretty serious about their football. So they yeah. think, um, so I'd imagine they'd find a way to make it happen depending on how, whatever the budget requirement would be, they'd figure out a way to make it happen. Considering football is what pays the rest of their sports, um, at Absolutely. the university, which is why and, they had to cut so many this year. <laughs> that's the way it is at, at basically all schools. I don't know, maybe at Kentucky basketball and, and maybe at Duke and Kansas, they contribute enough. Uh, but you look at football, it typically brings in so much more money than any other sport. That's the success of the athletic department how much money the football program is bringing in. But look, if Boise was available, just like BYU, if they were available, and you know the Pac-12 jump all over. Yeah, they'd just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, let's go in, man. Um, and, you know, I've looked at it and gone, wow, you know, if we were expanding the SEC, who would we take? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we I think Coastal Carolina uh, might would be an interesting fit. Have I think no UCF. Idea. UCF, you have yeah. to take UCF over yeah. there. Like, I think yeah. that would be a fin fantastic, you know, Addition. And UCF would fit with the SEC or with the ACC, either one. Yeah, totally. So I, I, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. I just don't think it'd be a, taking the current structure of the conferences and bumping them up to 16 would be that hard of a deal. Uh, the tough thing is going to be, and, and that's why you you said it, that uh, we're not going to go cut you if you're a smaller uh, program. We're simply going to set out on the front end, hey, we're starting this next year, year after next. Here's the dollar amount initially and let those schools make that decision there for themselves as to, you know, we're not willing to, to, if we're not there already, we're not willing to step up to that or we just don't have the ability to do that right now. And so they make that cut uh, themselves and it's not having to be made by the NC2A and off we go. Yeah. And I could see, I mean, it would naturally weed itself out. I I mean, there would be the argument of where do those teams go and what do they end up doing? They just build their own conferences. Some of those guys, yeah. like, I mean, there would be some discussions to be had there. I'm sure there'd be some, some frustrations with those alumni bases of those, of those schools. However, I do really like this and it's, it's not the traditional, Oh, we need to go to an eight, an eight team or a 12 team. And would you see blowouts? Yes. I think you would like every year. Oh, yeah. Like you said though, there's cycles. That's one word I wanted to bring up cycles. Everybody listen to this understand that bill knows what he's talking about like the cycles there's cycles and everything like some years for example like in the pac 12 or even the crying out loud sometimes the conference champion literally isn't the best team in the conference so that's that's yeah. just the reality of it but if they win their conference i mean everybody understands this the the situation before the season starts like gotta win your conference 
oh, well, this division is not the same as that division on that side. It's not the same. It's not the same, yeah. whatever. Well, there's cycles. There's some years it's going to be different than others, but there's times where the Pac-12, I've seen it, you know, like they've got even just look at this, even though it was 2020, but like Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship. Like, come on, you know, so you're, you're looking at two, even potentially three loss teams in some conferences, depending on how the division shake up um, that go into it. And you might have a one loss team on the other side of that division. It's like, what the heck, you know, but so there's going to be arguments, but there's always going to be arguments. There's, there's, there's always going to be an argument in regards to who gets in. I, I like it if you set the precedent from the very beginning. Like you, you, you set it. Say, hey, you got to be a conference champion. So this yep. makes every single game important, and you've got to pay attention. But you can't. Here's the thing. Ohio State fell victim to this too, Bill, a couple of years ago against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really bad weather game. Ohio State was one of the top teams in the country, if not the top team in the country that year. And they... Fell victim to a, it was a bad weather game and they couldn't throw the ball. And they, I mean, Michigan State stacked the box and it was just a rainy game and Michigan State beat yeah. them, which ultimately, because they own the tiebreaker, they both ended up with one loss. They own the tiebreaker. So they go to the Big Ten Championship win. And they, I believe they got housed by Alabama in the college football playoff. Like they, they I, if I'm not mistaken, I thought they got absolutely manhandled. If I got to see, I can't remember who they played. Yeah. The, I think it was us, the last time we played, y'all beat us in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, oh, I'm talking Michigan State. Michigan, oh, Michigan State, State yeah. Uh, if that was the uh, 31 nothing game, I think uh, uh, with uh, Derrick Henry uh, showing off a lot. Uh, yes, uh, Cotton Bowl. Was that that game? Oh, were and, you really? Oh, yes, yeah. that was oh, the Cotton yeah. Bowl. Yeah, 30, 38 to nothing. Uh, there we go. There and and Michigan State was a two loss team, but they owned the tiebreaker on Ohio State that season. But Ohio State was the better team that year. Yeah. They ended up going to the big 10 championship, ended up winning it. And then Henry had, well, I mean, he only had 75 yards. Looks I'm looking at right here, but Ridley. Oh yeah. Ridley went off and you got like your defense just destroyed Michigan state. And we all knew that was going to happen. Even Ohio state fans knew it. Like we're like, dang it, dude, Michigan state had a good defense. And when I say good defense, it was just, it was good against the run. And all they had to do was stack nine guys in the box because it was a rainy game. We couldn't throw the ball. And then they got, I mean, it just was a bad matchup. And so you'll get those. I'm sure still, because sometimes a conference champion not isn't necessarily the best team in the conference. It's just the reality well, of it. But, and, you know, same thing with us. Uh, there was uh, a year, a few years ago, we won the national championship when we didn't win the SEC. And that would be a thing if it came up again, we just wouldn't be there. And, you know, the there's a, a correlation between uh, one of the things that Coach Bryan always said and Coach Saban always says, and it's very simple, and it's just go take care of business. Everything falls into place. You go take care of business. Yeah, uh, I dig it. And if you don't, then you got no room to complain. 100%. I like it. I, I really, really like that. And, I mean, obviously, this is all assuming things get back to normal. You could play a full season. Um, and, yeah, dude, that's the first time I've heard that compared to a, from an 8 team to a 12 team to a 16 team, like, you know, that we're looking at the FCS stuff to what well, we got a 6 team playoff and it all starts with like bill said all starts with cutting the amount of fbs schools by you know setting a, a standard for the the money that that you have to generate like that you have to have for your resources for your school to be able to be an fbs program if you can do that you get put into the schools and uh into a different conference six conferences two divisions each only conference champions play i love that do you see something like that happening in the near future because everyone keeps talking about well 
are they going to expand or they're not going to expand? And, and every year it's a different argument because it seems like yeah. the committee, you, you put the human element into anything. You see this in refing, judging, whatever you want to call it. And then obviously in a committee, I'm a Blitnikoff award, award voter, uh, Bill. And I'll tell you right now, I take it very seriously. However, I don't have to. They send me an email and I literally just click a button. If I wasn't paying attention to anybody, I could just look at the stat sheet and click a button. You don't have to watch any film to vote for these types of awards. And it's the same thing for the committee. I understand they, they don't have all the time to watch all the games in the world. So they're just sitting there and they're like kind of basing it off of their own opinions. So that's why you see every single year the playoff committee is it's they change their standards. They change the re, that, that one year they're saying, oh, well, this is a bad loss. The next year, like, oh, that was a good loss for the team. And, and it's always like a, a, a change in stance. They never stay consistent. So I just have a, you know, I think this would actually eliminate that. And if you can eliminate the human element, but not put it into a system like the BCS where it's all computerized at that point, I don't see you going too, too far wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'd, the committee would still exist, and what they would uh, exist would be to seed the tournament. So they would be seeding the playoffs, and and uh, I agree with you that uh, you're always going to have uh, argument in that that good loss, bad loss thing. I, I'm old school, man. There ain't no such thing as a good loss. That, <laughs> that doesn't exist. That's that that's what it, you know. To me, not uh, stepping on anybody's toes much. But that, that's what losers say. It was a good loss. Yeah, you you go be that good loss. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get over here and work some more to keep winning. And that cycle, you mentioned the cycle uh, that, uh, you know, one of the things I, I was, I listened to a lot of college football radio and uh, I was listening to uh, Mark Packer, who I think is terrific. And um, he, one of their callers had said, you know, it's, it's just not fair. It's always the SEC. It's always the Big Ten, nah, 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 you know, and I'm like, well, you know, it's as easy to change. You go out and get different coaching. And coaching, especially when you're talking about college kids, uh, and all you have to do is look at Coastal Carolina right now. They were picked to finish last in their conference. They weren't picked to finish in the top 10 of the country. They were picked to finish last. And, you know, and they've had this amazing year, and that's coaching. And – Look, we, we've had, um, and I'm not going to uh, run through their litany of names, but we've had some weaker coaches at Alabama that, uh, you know, were just just couldn't get it done uh, with all the resources, with all the, the swag, with all the, the history and everything. Just couldn't get it done. All schools go through that. Uh, when, when Coach Saban retires, whoever comes in uh, is going to have an incredibly tough job, but it's going to be different. Yeah, you look at Dabo Sweeney, um, you know, when he took over for Danny Ford, uh, they had had some success, but uh, not enough for Danny to keep his job. And he comes in and uh, has a couple of rough years, gets his feet up under him and, and changes that program. And I look at it and say, I, I feel the same way about uh, pros, uh, but from a college standpoint, the most important recruit you can get is the guy that's sitting in that office as the head coach. Everything's going to happen in a college program top down. And so you look at that and all those kids are going to be reflective. First of all, the assistant coaches are going to be reflective of the head coach. Then all of the kids for under that assistant coach are going to be reflective of how that assistant coach does. So it is a pyramid with that head coach at the top. And if you've got a program that's that's just not working, you know, I, I, I hated to see Auburn fire Gus Malzahn, um, 
but I get it. I understand. If I was an Auburn fan, I would have probably been incredibly frustrated too because there was this constant up and down. Uh, and they're going to find somebody uh, excellent to come in there. They got too many resources uh, not to. But that's the importance of coaching. And when you look at any successful program, and that's why I think Ohio State is doing so incredibly well. Uh, I watched him that first year and I just went, wow, football coach. That's a guy that gets it. He's the right guy in the right spot at the right time, and he knows his stuff. And, uh, you know, he should be there for a long time, and you guys should be uh, a powerhouse year in, year out. And, and people that have a problem with that, their school simply needs to go hire somebody that can do the same kind of thing. It's so true. I mean, there's so many golden nuggets there. I, I'm a huge advocate of of coaching, especially at the collegiate level, because of the fact that it's a lot of it comes down to recruiting and your your ability to not only coach and be a, you know, you got to be able to relate to your coaches and and lead the coaching room, right? But you've also got to recruit the right guys for your particular system. You got to have the right coaches for your system. You got to have the right players for your system. And you've got to be able to go out and recruit. That's a big deal. Um, you there's a reason that Ohio State and, and Alabama, you just mentioned it, you know, one and two in recruiting. There's a reason they've consistently stayed at the top for almost a decade. Clemson's there too right now. Like Absolutely. You, you start getting the, the right personnel in there. The one thing I love about Ohio State is that shift from uh, Urban over to Ryan Day was seamless. Because um, he, and it's almost like you said, it, it trickles down to his assistant coaches and they were able to kind of run with it. Um, what you're seeing, you mentioned Auburn, uh, rumors today, um, are that they're looking at Brian Harson from Boise State? <laughs> so I mean, who knows? As the time of the recording right now, I'm I just I pulled up Twitter while you were talking to see if any more came of it. But right before we started uh, chatting today, I mean, I'm looking. Everyone's looking at, uh, yeah, looking at uh, Harson potentially leaving, um, and that's a very very difficult situation for him to be in because they have some really high expectations at Auburn. But, yeah, they're going to get Harson over there. Now Now Boise State has to deal with it. And even Boise State, even in, being in the Mountain West, recruiting is huge. So that's why when Coach uh, Coach Peterson was there, um, who was then went over to Washington afterwards, that's why he did so well winning the Fiesta Bowl. Then he took Kellen Moore through so many amazing seasons. He recruited the right guys. He was a dominant recruiting guy. And then you had Harson come in who won a Fiesta Bowl in his first year, which was actually Peterson's team. But then when he started having to recruit his own guys, we had a little drop off with Boise State's power. All of a sudden, you're not hearing them as much as you used to. They're not the powerhouse they used to be in the in the group of five schools that could compete with the power fives. Oh, and then obviously it's kind of funny that Harson's now going to a power five school potentially. Um, it goes in cycles. Uh, it's true. You got to have the right guys in there to recruit. Recruiting's huge. You got to have the right guys that can get these players. Yeah, uh, a great little uh, one liner. Yeah, uh, about recruiting when. Uh, Coach Stallings was on the staff at Alabama with Coach Bryant. Uh, he said, I think it was 68, uh, whatever year it was. Um, and it would have been prior to that for Stallings to have been there. But he, uh, he said they were having kind of a tough year and, and they were at a coach's meeting. And, and Coach Bryant said, why don't you boys go out and get me some better players? I'm a better coach with better players. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's put that on the quote card. I'll make sure to drop it here in the social clip here for, for everybody to see. That's perfect. Um, so, Bill, last thing, I, just to kind of wrap it up, we got the six teams. When yep. do you see a change of any kind happening? You, we, we asked this earlier, do you see it happening? But when do you see a change of any kind happening? It, it could happen in the next couple of years. I don't think they're going to go to six. I, I think this makes too much sense, quite frankly, for, 
for them to go to. Uh, I think they're going to go to eight because we know uh, college football is ultimately about uh, the money, and the money is going to be with a uh, at least an eight-team playoff, and there's going to be more money to spread around. Uh, I, I personally don't agree with it, but it is uh, it is what it is, and it's how it'll be. Uh, but I, I think we could probably see something. I don't think anything's going to happen until the current contract is up. And we've got right. two or three more years left on the current contract. And they just haven't shown a propensity uh, to take a contract midstream and change it. And I don't think they're uh, going to now. I've been blown away that they would make some of the moves that they've made and blown away in a positive way, like telling the Rose Bowl, uh, we're not going to play in Pasadena if you're not going to let – uh, at least families see their kids play. We're going to move it somewhere else. They moved it to uh, Arlington right down the road from me. Uh, and so uh, now they're going to be 16,000 uh, folks allowed to see that. I am uh, calling in all favors to see if I can, <laughs> can get one of those. They're going to split them between the two schools. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I was very impressed with that. I was like, wow, uh, I it, it didn't seem like a, a big deal to fix that issue to me, but getting uh, the Rose Bowl to agree to it and the city of Pasadena and all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it turned out really well. I think it's going to be a, a great four-game series. I'm, I'm just so jacked, or four-team series, so jacked about it. Uh, we still owe uh, – I'm an old-time guy against Notre Dame, so uh, we still owe them my senior year in high school uh, – they cost us a national championship. My freshman year, they cost us a national championship. <coughs> Excuse me. So, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I'm kind of like that too. I always get like I have the revenge yeah. on the back of my mind all the time. That's why I feel like for the Utah Jazz and Chicago Bulls, um, yeah. Michael Jordan pushed off. Man, that's why I'm not a Jordan fan. I'm a Jazz <laughs> fan. So to this day, he pushed off. Over it got caught in my throat even. It was hard yeah, for me to even exactly. say. <laughs> uh, it's, it's still tough for you these days. So hopefully you guys get your revenge. I mean, I'm actually – I mean, I don't expect Notre Dame to win. I would love for them to compete and make it a game. I don't see it happening. I honestly I, – I don't know. If Alabama plays to their potential, I see them rolling through. Uh, they're, they've got too many weapons. I think they're just playing so phenomenally well on the front end, um, on offense. You've got a great running back. You've got a, a very capable quarterback who's playing outside of his mind. And obviously the receivers on the outside are unbelievably athletic. If Waddle ends up coming back, that's even more of a problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Waddle will be – even if he can, I don't think he'll be back for Notre Dame. Um, I think there's an outside shot uh, that he would be available for the Natty if we made it that far. Uh, but even if he were available, I don't think he would come out uh, – for Notre Dame. And, and, you know, there's a reason you play the game. Yes. And so it doesn't matter what the spread is. You still got to go out on the field and do it. And as long as those guys uh, wearing crimson stay away from the rat poison, as coach Saban calls it, uh, we should be okay. But I, I hope he's got them in a soundproof booth. I know they're going home for Christmas, which is uh, makes me a little nervous uh, that, you know, they're, who knows, if, if you have one of those three, what if Mac Jones comes back and, and tests positive um, because of just being around family at yep. Christmas? Uh, I, I hate to see those kids uh, give up Christmas, and, and that's the reason they're going home. It's Coach Saban's uh, not near as hard as nails as a lot of people perceive him to be. He's got a great heart. And uh, he said, you know, I just couldn't tell my kids that they couldn't go home for Christmas. So I'm, I'm hoping they all uh, 
behave while they're home. Yeah, totally. No, we for all schools for that matter, just, everyone just be safe for the next two weeks. Give us a break. Yeah. We need to see it all be good, especially Ohio State guys. We're so sick of everybody getting dropped. Twenty players last week, twenty-two players last week didn't work. Yeah. Seventeen players the week before it was just like, just stop. Just just try to like just give us a week of of just everyone's okay. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be good. Like you said, we'll see Notre Dame. I'll be honest. I, if they didn't, they had two drives that ruined the game against Clemson this last time they were competing with them. They were moving the ball on them in the first half. They were competing. They left two drives. One was a missed field goal. And I think another was a turnover on downs, but they, you can't do that against good teams. Um, or they'll pick you apart. And that's when it started steamrolling out of control. Otherwise they were matching with them for the first quarter. Just fine. Moving down the field playing confident but as soon as they started getting that momentum you could see the shift uh alabama has a tendency to do that almost every single game in my opinion so notre dame does that one drive i think it's over but they have the ability to compete and same with ohio state i think they have the ability to compete if they're clicking on all cylinders with clemson and so i think it's going to be a really really fun four game series as long as everyone's healthy and everybody can play the football they're supposed to play ultimately though do you see your uh crimson tide taking the championship um I think we got a good shot, but both Ohio State and Clemson make me nervous. I feel pretty confident against our ability uh, for Notre Dame uh, because of, of the way we match up and because of what they like to do. That plays into us very nicely. Uh, to beat Alabama, you have to have absolute elite quarterback play, um, and both Clemson and, and Ohio State quarterbacks have that. Uh, and if Fields is 100% to go, you know, it's the legs. And, and both those quarterbacks have great legs, and those are the things that can take a good defense and just shred it. Uh, so those two teams uh, make me nervous. I certainly think that um, we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to win. Um, can we? That's why you play the game. I, I will tell you the the – I've got to point this out because it was one of the greatest plays uh, that I know you got to hop uh, of the year for me for Alabama. So in the Florida game, Mac Jones throws an interception and the Florida uh, back is coming back and he doesn't see John Mechie, who is one of our other receivers, who waylays him uh, and he fumbles the ball. And uh, who's there to, to recover the ball? Devontae Smith. Very next play, they hit DeMonte for uh, a long pass for a touchdown. Uh, but I think you look at little things with teams, and I, I you look at a guy like John Mechie, who is a, a blossoming superstar receiver, uh, who a lot of receivers would not have gone after making that play. And not only did he go make the tackle, but he exploded the guy. Uh, you know, thank goodness the guy wasn't hurt, but he left the game for a few plays. He he was yep. uh, a little cross-eyed there for a minute. <laughs> and uh, but that's that's what makes champions is one play here, one play there. Uh, all four of these teams have those kind of players to make those kind of plays. It's going to be a, a great playoffs this year. Ah, I'm looking forward to it. Not as confident as I was last year going into the playoffs, but I I mean. I, I'm excited to see it nonetheless. Hopefully we can get some fully healthy teams. Yep. Good football. As football fans, we want to see good football. And that's what we're excited for because 2020 has been nothing but a whirlwind for the whole entire world. So let's just let's get some good healthy teams playing good football. Bill, I appreciate you, man. Hopefully we can bring you back on in the future. This is like the kind of conversations that I I thoroughly enjoy. It's just having someone like yourself who's knowledgeable about the sport in which you're speaking of. Uh, joining us. So I just want to say thank you once again, man, for, for letting me chat with you today. 
My pleasure. And uh, just remember, roll tide. <laughs> Let's go. Go Bucks. All right, everybody, make sure you tune in. Check out uh, the, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on any of the platforms, iTunes, Stitcher. It can be YouTube. Follow me on my social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter specifically because that's where I'm more active. And uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another episode. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.